1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A
0: on Oilers Radio 63010. Well, we're going to get an extra two minutes with our next guest. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers, the lead analyst for Hockey Night in Canada. We're going to tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Roost Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie the staff. Oilers now sent you. When last we saw uh, Craig, we were in uh, Toronto, and uh, let's face it, the Oilers, uh, did they lay a stick bomb, or did they just get exposed a little? Well, we'll get Craig's thoughts on on that game, because basically they had about a bad 30-minute stretch on the entire road trip, and unfortunately it was on national TV in TO. Without further ado, we welcome Mr. Simpson to the show. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. I'll be honest with you. I was... Because I tire of the nonstop bashing of the team out of Toronto and the organization, I was frustrated with what happened that Wednesday night. I mean, it, it illustrated some of the challenges that Edmonton has against quicker teams. Yeah. Uh, but I'd, I'd like to get your assessment because you, well, see, you see the Leafs a lot and you watch the winners a lot as well and you got your pulse on it.
1: Well, I think you're right that the game just got away from them for a stretch, and uh, it was a little bit shockingly. You know, I, I thought uh, everybody understood or, or understands Edmonton's position with you know not having the opportunity to have a bad night. They had just won what two? They had gone two zero and two and. You know, a chance to get going, a big game uh, against Toronto, and uh, I thought they started well, but when it turned, it turned really quickly. And, you know, that is one thing that uh, the Leafs can do. They they can score in bunches. They can turn it on. Uh, That came through a stretch with... Them that they had just done that to Buffalo on the Monday night, scored four goals in the second period, and then to do it against Edmonton again is, you know, just shows that the the kind of offense that they can have. So you know, I, I give Edmonton credit. It was a frustrating game, as you know, even for Connor. I, I know for him going back to Toronto, and I know as a player, you always love being around your family and having an opportunity to play in front of them. And. That was a game for him that he was not able to really get it going either. But to their credit, they bounced back and have had a few good games since then.
0: Uh, they have had a few good games. Uh, how much do you think getting their entire defense back has played a factor in that?
1: Well, I think you just need some continuity. You know, you you got to play with who you have. So when when guys, you and I have talked about this at various times, when you've had injuries, you you can't focus too heartily ha- on them because. Uh, the reality is you're not getting them back so you got to find a way to be successful with the guys that you have in it but i think when you put your blueprint together of what the team is going to look like you you know it it takes a while when you haven't had that group together to to see you know where the minutes are going to be distributed you you at least have Sakura now in a position where you can maybe trust him and play him a little bit more, having, you know, tested his body and getting him back into the swing of things. And uh, I just think that uh, every team has to live with the reality of missing key guys. but. You know, when you go through it, it puts strain, and it, sometimes it's a great opportunity for a younger guy to show that he can play and he can handle the bigger minutes. And there are times and stretches where you really show the glaring, you know, need for having some experience back there. So I, I think it's important going forward. If if you can finish the season here now with the defense that you thought you'd have from the beginning, it'll give you at least from an evaluation standpoint, a a sense of what you have or what you don't have and what you need going forward.
0: In fairness to Peter Shirelli, and some have accused me of kicking dirt on the grave because we've brought up the fact that, you know, it's my belief the pro player procurement and the cap management certainly uh, was not an area of strength. I'd say building a proper developmental system, I think Peter contributed a lot of happening. In fairness to Peter, the timing of the injury to Andre Sacra did not help his situation at all because it occurred in August after free agency so he couldn't really address it with a with a, a better defender uh um, is basically playing 16 minutes Klefbom's playing 24 and a half yeah you know i'd like to get your thoughts on Oscar i mean yeah
1: well i i think you know you see it in in every team around the league that it's very difficult to compare defensemen from team to team or, you know, east to west or top team to to a non-playoff team, uh, certain individuals. Because on every team, you know, unless you're blessed with uh, a legitimate, uh, you know, if you had Nick Lidstrom on your back end for you know, 21 years... You know, there's sort of your your measuring stick of who the best player is, and yeah, it takes such a pressure off every other defender getting a chance to play with guys who have that kind of talent and, and experience. So when you look team by team, you know it's not necessarily fair to to, to uh, compare guys from others. I think Kleppbaum on an Edmonton Oilers team is a number one or number two guy, and. If you're on the best team, if you're looking at, let's say, Tampa right now, you know, he'd be a second-pairing good player. In that. Right. So that that's the problem of sort of comparables around the league. I think what you do find, though, on your own team is when you miss a guy for an extended period, you get that trickle-down effect of everybody having to play three to four to, in some cases, five minutes more against different kind of matchups. And, you know, you look around the league and, so often it's not even necessarily okay. The guy might not be the best offensive player, or he might not be able to, you know, dictate the play. You look down the road in Calgary. Um, you know, Giordano has that ability on both ends. He can dictate the play offensively and be a really dynamic offensive player, but he can also shut down. You know, is Oscar Kleffbaum at that level? Not at all. But I, I don't think you can always compare, you know, from team to team. So. If you can keep him healthy, I I think he's a, for Edmonton, he's a number one pair guy. And I think that's where that importance of having now uh, nurse, you know, consistently in that, what, 22, 23, 24 range and cleft bomb in there, at least you can have some foundation of managing your minutes. And more importantly, especially on the road, managing your matchups where you don't get, uh, you know, lit up with some guys that maybe are playing above their level.
0: 6, 12, and 3. That's what the owner's record was without Clefbaum. They're 23, 18, and 4 with them. If you prorated that 23, 18, and 4 over the battles of the season, they'd be in a playoff spot right now, which is not yeah, – it's not all on him. I'm just no, saying.
1: No, and, and I think that's where I know your your fans or your listeners sometimes get ravenous with your, your assessment on guys, and – you know, you're not looking around the league where everyone's saying, "Oh, I got to have Oscar Clefmon." Right. I think that that's not really the point. But it's, he's an important it, piece, right? And the reality is, you have to deal with the group that you have. Yeah. And you know, if you could put a Mark Giordano on your team right now, would you not, you know, slot him into number one guy? But you, you don't have it, so I, number one I guy,
0: he should win. He should win the, the Norris Trophy, Mark. Yeah,
1: Giordano. he may. You know, he, he's another guy who seemingly timeless as uh you know plays at such a high level plays really hard minutes i, I think that's the one thing that when you sit up high in the booth and watch every week uh, it just amazes me those top guys the guys who are playing both you know power play top minutes penalty killing top minutes uh number one line matchup guys the the type of hard minutes that they play is really incredible and for for Mark to be playing at his age and his uh, level of ability has really been a spectacular year for him.
0: Yeah, well, he's i mean—he's in fantastic shape, as you know, and it's a remarkable story because he went over to Russia, was with the Flames, didn't gain any traction, went over to Russia, came back, and was basically a completely different defenseman. We're joined by Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey and Rogers, lead analyst for Hockey Night in Canada. Craig, Leon Dreisettle. Second in the NHL in goals right now, 41. 17 goals in his last 18 games. Would you agree or disagree with this statement? Right now you can make an argument that any other – that Leon Draisaitl on maybe 15 of the 31 teams around the NHL might be their best player.
1: Oh, I, I think he's played at that consistent level. I mean, I, you, you at times I guess get enamored with points because points don't always necessarily – tell all the story and and sometimes even not getting points don't uh, tell the whole story but you know there's there's certain guys on a on a given night through a stretch that you just expect them to score or expect them to be able to come away with a couple of big uh, a couple of assists and the way he's going now you almost feel like he's going to score I, I thought last game you know how many did he miss i know he took the penalty with the goalie out so Um, You know, he had a chance maybe to get another one. But when you start to get in that 40 range and, you know, your eyes are are thinking 50, I I thought he had at least two or three more chances that I thought he would put in the back of the net to maybe have a two or three goal night. So I, I think he's on that kind of a role as a player. It's a wonderful feeling. It's a confident feeling. It's uh, you know one where you just think every night that you're going to get not only going to get chances but you feel like you're going to score and I, I think you just watch him right now the puck follows him around his shot has been going where he wants it he's been deceptive and he's been dangerous every every single night.
0: Have you? I mean, you got 56 one year, and you were unbelievable in the 1990 playoffs. A couple of years later, have you? So you've had that feeling of being in the zone, haven't you?
1: Oh, totally. And and that's what I mean about you just expect to score. And, uh, you know, I I remember the the time that year where uh, I think I had one hat trick for 56 goals, but I had about 12 or 13 two-goal games. And, you know, you just get through little stretches where you just feel like you're going to score. And sometimes you're – I remember uh, uh, you're on the road, you're on a road trip, all you're thinking about is hockey, and next thing you know – you know, four games later, you've had two one night, two the other night, one night. And I, I look a lot like the way uh, Leon's going right now, that you, you just get into a real confident mode. You don't have to overthink it. You uh, you watch guys, and you see even great players at times. You can tell when their confidence is a little off, and you can tell when the hesitation on the shot is maybe overthinking the play or overthinking the read on the goaltender, and just watching Leon through this stretch of what did you say, fifteen goals in next amount of games? Yeah, seventeen
0: yeah. It, seventeen goals in eighteen games.
1: Right. So, I mean, you can just tell that even his goal on the shorthanded uh, you know play last game it's a good pass by McDavid, but there's just no hesitation. It's in the you almost feel like the shot's going to go in and. That's what I was saying watching him as the game went along. I, I thought he missed a couple of chances that the way things were going, you just felt like he was going to put it back. So uh, I think if he was honest with you and, and, you know, the one thing you don't want to do when you're when you're on a roll like that is over-talk it or, you know, over-analyze it. I, I think you just want to play every single day. Can't wait to get out there on the ice. But if, if you took the truth sitter with him, and sat and talked to them, it's probably the most exciting time because you just honestly feel like every single game you're going to go out there and score.
0: From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Craig Simpson, Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Craig, uh, there's still a long shot, but what's going on in that room right now? I mean, they are a long shot to make the playoffs, but that said, it's still in front of them, isn't it? Like, I, I know it's unrealistic to think, well, they can win 16 yeah. straight, but the fact is... The players in that room and on that team now that they've got you know their goalie's making stops, he's giving them chances to win game. They've, their defense is healthier. They're not super deep up front in the wing, but they've got some options and they got a couple guys on some offensive heaters. But, but you, I mean, I, I don't know how many times you were chasing down a playoff spot in your career, because usually you guys were home and cooled and in pretty well, shape. In, my,
1: in in my career was either we were nowhere in it in Pittsburgh. Uh, my last, I guess, my second year in Pittsburgh, we missed the playoffs on the second last game of the season so you know there is the old story of you know and we've seen it in Edmonton for a lot of years is when you're out of it and the pressure's off and you've blown a few games that you should have had now all of a sudden everybody just plays and you start winning and I think you see a little bit of that right now how how many weeks in a row Bob did you and I have this conversation where you know there's such a blown opportunity to stay in it. Uh, you know that that stretch from late January and uh, early February, where you had one win in about 12, 13 games. You, you go back to so many of those moments and go, you gave the game away. So yeah. uh, I think the players have been through those emotional. You know the the talks after games, the players' meetings. Uh, I think I've said a few times there. You know that that old notion of you. You, if you think it can't get any worse, you're dead wrong. And I think there's been stretches uh, three, four weeks ago where that was the case with this group. Now, you know, at, at least if nothing else, you're not down to six games left, and you're starting to play like you feel you can, and you're starting to get some really good performances. And as you mentioned, most importantly, you got to you got to save pretty much every night. And if you get your goaltender playing well, you've got an opportunity. Uh, there's no question that. You know, you can play underdogs and just say, now you can't look at the whole schedule. I really do think it's as simple now as, okay, if you feel good as a group, um, you still have to have hope. A lot of things can happen. Some strange things can have happened in the past. But uh, I think most importantly, you have to focus on every single night. You know, don't leave it to chance that you're going to lose that game. And if you can chip away like that, then, you know, maybe you can – be a, uh, a group that creates something pretty exciting down the stretch
0: here. Craig, final question involves a series that you're likely going to work, Boston, Toronto. How about the gamesmanship from Brad Marchand?
1: <laughs> yeah, I read right, right, that. Uh, and, and I can tell you, there's another guy that is a legitimate issue for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mitch Marner's probably, I mean, the, the rate he's going, he's probably going to be a 100-point player, and, and he, if You know All the talk of how good Matthews has been throughout his first three years and the money that he signed for, Tavares having another good year. I can tell you, Marner is the guy that drives that team offensively. He he really is one of those unique guys that uh, when the puck gets on his stick, amazing things can happen. So it is a great little sense of gamesmanship from uh, Brad. Uh, You know that You know, Boston's beaten them the last two series in the playoffs, Game 7 in Boston. I've said numerous times on the Toronto show, uh, you know, they got to try to find a way to get home ice. You're going to have to find a way to to get through that team the first round. But um, I I, I chuckled a little bit at that. He's a a disturber on the ice and a little bit after. But you start sitting down, Bob, and doing the math uh, for Kyle Dubas. You know, not only do you have Marner, at what number is that going to be? Because truly, he is their offensive uh, um, driver of that team. You've got two young guys coming out of uh, deals in Janssen, who's second, third in rookie scoring, and Kapanen. You know, all of a sudden you're going, you don't have a lot of dollars to throw around when your team is finally getting to be a good team.
0: Craig, great stuff. We appreciate your time, and we'll uh, hook up with you next week. All right. Sounds good. Take care. You bet. 1250 at Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1254 at Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. This fall, you can join New-Ass Travel. Dennis Laliberti of the game going to Italy and Greece. On a spectacular 16 day holiday. It starts with a nine day tour of Italy, followed by uh, which includes uh, trips uh, to the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice, and then daily guided tours. And then you're on NCL cruise lines for a spectacular seven night Greek island cruise. It also includes uh, Value Park with uh, parking at the Edmonton International Airport, so you can leave your vehicle there. There They're about 50%. Sold out, Book now, call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. And I'm at a New West Travel event tonight as well. So looking forward to everybody that's going to make it for our upcoming Vegas trip. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. This comes to us from Coach Ron. He says, Bob, Arizona has had a lot of injuries and they're closer to a wildcard position than Edmonton. So why... is uh? Why is it that even with Connor and Leon, we're in the position we're in. Is Arizona deeper uh, in offensive or in defensive talent? Well, they've got some pretty good defensemen that have, for the most part, been fairly healthy. I guess they lost Jason Demers for most of the year. But uh, they've had Oliver ekman Larson, pretty good D-man. Um, Jarmilson's a good defenseman. Goligoski. They can transition a bit with Chickering. i got to be honest with you. I think the coaching job that Rick Tockett has done, and you know what, I'll tip my hat, as begrudgingly difficult as this is to do, Jack Michaels stated, I don't know, Brendan, if you remember this, at the start of the year when we did our preseason predictions, Jack Michaels had Arizona in the playoffs and Rick Tockett winning coach of the year. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's a bold prediction. Pretty good. Because right now, they got a chance to make the playoffs. Did they not just lose Derek Stepan Stepan as well? Is he not out now for like four or five weeks? Yeah, he is. I mean, they trade for Schmaltz. I think he had 14 points in 17 games. He gets hurt, shut down for the year. Like,. They're challenged up front, but they hang around. And they've lost their number one goaltender, Ante Ranta. Arizona's been a remarkable story. You can text us at six thirty, six thirty. 30 Don says, Bob, Mike Fuda out of L.A. would be an outstanding choice as general manager. Great talent finder. Key pitch in some capacity, but bring in a new coach. Well, I think Ken Hitchcock... Regardless of what transpires here, we'll be around in a consultant capacity for the Edmonton Oilers beyond this year. I mean, who's doesn't mean he's not going to be the head coach next year, just he's going to be around. I don't think there's any debate about that. Uh, again, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at now. Um This text comes in saying, Bob, the owners have snookered themselves with the salary cap. Uh, Lucic is not performing to his salary for sure, but getting talent to play with Connor and Leon or depth on the other two lines will be difficult. One thing we do have going for us is some young prospect and also uh, some folks on the roster that are not big hits cap-wise. Cave, Curry, Jujar. We should put these guys in the wing uh, with Connor, uh, much like the Penguins did with Sherry and Gunsel, uh Putting them with Sid, uh, these young guys will all play better with Connor. It won't cost as much. Connor may not get as many points, but the team will be better for the moves. Uh, in the words of a former Boston Bruins coach, I think he's referring to Don Sherry, I'd rather have 8 to 10 20 goal scores than one or two 40 goal scores. Go Oilers. There was the year when Don Sherry was the head coach. They had eleven twenty goal scores. They did not win the Stanley Cup that year, by the way. They lost to the Montreal Canadiens in the final. Um, well, realistically, moving forward, I could see Colby Cave as a fourth line center or a 13 14 forward. Uh, Josh Curry is still unproven. I, I think he's given the orders. I, I think he's a call up guy for you, to be honest with you. Uh, Malone, for me, is a perfect number 14 forward because he's a good team guy. He's fairly inexpensive. You don't have to play him a lot, and he doesn't have his nose out of joint if he's not playing. Uh, Jujar Kara, I got a little... I, I think Jujar could be a top-nine player. I don't think he's a middle six forward, but I do think he can be a third-liner in the NHL, and I think he's a big guy. Like, you know what? There were stretches where Jujar Kara was the fifth or sixth-best winners forward earlier in this season, uh, and he will help them when he comes back, and he was flying at today's practice. Should mention that. All right, uh, what are we going to talk about when we come back? We're going to open up the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.